to the Magic to My Ears Monday featuring your hosts, Abby and Grace. Hello everyone, welcome back to Magic to My Ears. Today's show is going to be really fun (laughs) because we're talking about Hamilton and I'm a huge Broadway nerd. Be prepared for her to break out in song. You know what? You had Nightmare Before Christmas. This is mine. I didn't say it was a bad thing. I was just warning people. Because <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Hey, choir for four years, so. Like I said, and at least you sound good, right? <laughs> Can't vouch for my rapping, but. I can rap for you. <laughs> but you don't know the lyrics. I mean, fair, but also. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) so I know a lot of you probably thinking, what does Hamilton have to do with Disney? And that's an excellent question, which I'm going to answer right now. It is on Disney Plus, so I win. It counts. (laughs) Just give her this one, folks, please. It it counts, right? It's on Disney Plus. Disney owns it, kind of. (laughs) They made the the movie production happen, so yes, I count it. And we have to talk about it. We have to, because the election just happened, so politics america context (laughs) this is our first one that actually has like a reason behind it to talk about it well i guess halloween kind of but still the reason is you really want to talk about it let's be honest i do but there's actually another reason because it talks about politics in america and we just had a big election so i went so this time uh of doing fun packs is also going to be a little different uh, it is only really going to be broken down into two sections, essentially. Uh, numbers and dates, as usual. And then just the show itself, which I might go on a tangent, so Grace will have to cut me off. Um, <laughs> I'll get a buzzer to buzz you out of time, however. <laughs> Do the little cute that music that they play at, like, the Oscars. Like, to play people off. Do that. I can do that. <laughs> um, so, it is hard to define the the facts I found into people versus story versus characters. So Grace kind of mashed them all together into a big hodgepodge thing of Hamilton hoopla for you. So hopefully it makes sense than me just rattling off facts in no particular order. <laughs> Work will be fine. <laughs> um, and just for the record, just, you know, set everything straight. Yes, I have watched it. Yes, it is a very good play. I respect everything about it, but I'm not as fanatical about it as Abby. So that's why I'm letting her take the reins. And I'm going to, you know, do the numbers section on this one so she can, you know, have all the fun stuff to tell you. So let's get my part out of the way so that Abby can, you know, go nuts. <laughs> so in no particular order, here we go. Oh, boy. Okay, so it took about a year to write the first song of the show and a whole nother one to write the second one. So just to start it off, just to get a kickstart, it was like two years, okay? The show packs in about 144 words a minute. And its total word count, get ready, for everyone who has to read essays, you'll understand this number, 20,520. So you know those uh, three-page papers you got to do? Do that times, like, 52, and then we'll start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Lin-Manuel is not kidding around, guys. 
know, like talking about memorizing one hell of a script, like, hi. Now, there are videos of him listening to his own show and trying to memorize his part. It's adorable because he gets really frustrated. <laughs> like, well, he wrote it. his child, you'd think. <laughs> it would be a little easier. <laughs> that just shows how complicated it was, you know? Yeah. Um, so... What is the next fact? Apparently, yes, here it is. Apparently, if Hamilton was sung at the same pace as most Broadway musicals, you know, say like Wicked or something, you know, that kind of pacing, it would take six to eight hours to perform. So it's more like Shakespearean level here, you know? Was Shakespearean that long? I think they were like a half day thing. I know they would be at least like five hours. But I've seen Romeo and Juliet like the movie version that was only like two hours yeah but that's also a movie i know but they do they don't cut anything out no but i mean like in shakespeare's era plays would last the entire either morning or afternoon Mm. yeah they're old plays if i'm wrong somebody can uh, criticize me in the comments i don't know i'm i've i feel like i've heard that before um okay however it was worth the efforts and the insane word count because, said Jerome it got nominated for 16 Tony Awards, of which it won 11, won the 2016 Grammy for the Best Musical Theater Album, the 2016 Pulitzer can't say that <laughs> Prize, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, and, if that wasn't enough, it grossed 3.3 dollars making it the first broadway show ever to bring in more than three million for only eight shows eight let that sink in folks like hoy and then you add whatever grossed from the disney plus thing (laughs) and then you you know like the it's impressive and a merchandise and merchandise, all the albums and such. They don't even just have the album like on, you know, like downloading, but you have it on vinyl. You, I'm sure you can find a CD of it somewhere. Um, <laughs> CDs yeah. aren't dead. They're, they're not that dead. I mean, they're, they're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I have CDs in my car. I know I'm an old lady, but come I, mean, I do too, but we're not normal people. So that doesn't really count. Yeah, fair enough. um well that's my turn yes have fun (laughs) don't maniacally rub your hands i will was this better than mr burns is that a better way to do it i can't tell (laughs) um so in no particular order i don't know why i said it that way particular uh very dramatic for meaning uh, let's talk about the show itself and some of the interesting things that some of it I discovered, some of it I already knew about because I'm that theater nerd that you hate. <clears throat> Listen, I am the theater girl that you hated in high school, just so you know. So don't expect anything less. Um, so not only did I discover things about like the the characters and Lin Manuel, but you know just about the staging, like the stage itself and the different songs. So for one, Lin Manuel, Min, Lin, Min, Lin Manuel, right? <laughs> a small stroke. It's okay. <laughs> yes, that you're so excited. Lin Manuel Miranda 
was on vacation in Mexico when he read um, author Ron Chernow, I think I said that right, uh, his biography about Hamilton. Mm-hmm. You know, little light summer beach read. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, I, look, I'm a history buff, but I I don't think I would go to that first. Trip to Mexico? Beach. What do you do? You're going to read a biography about an American person, of course. Like, like I would read a, maybe a biography, but not necessarily one. I, I looked at this book. This thing is thick. Oh, really? This thing is long. It is, like, you have to be determined or really interested in Alexander Hamilton to read this thing. <laughs> well, apparently, because he put <laughs> three or four years of his life into it. Well, for, lucky for us. Right. Uh, so when he was reading it, he began to imagine it as a musical, which is so you- brilliant. I don't know how you look at something like that and turn it into what it is today. I don't. All I have for you, a, a hand movement of unknowing. I was going to say, nobody can see you, so they don't know that you're making a hand gesture. <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's fine. <laughs> um, so, as he was making it, thinking about it as a musical, he actually brought in the author as a consultant to really fact check and make sure he had everything correct and the timeline right, which I think is really smart on his part. Uh, the musical contains almost night di- no di- noi. No dialogue. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I'm just having miniature strokes just over and over again. It's a weird day, dude. It's not. It's like I've had a weird day. It's one of those days. It just can't. Mm. Words. No. Uh, So it has almost no dialogue. There's a few little parts um, that are not on the track, Mm -hmm. but there's. It's mostly no talking. It's if you sing it all the way through, it's exhausting, which I have done in the car, and I got out of my car breathing very heavily. So, <laughs> you listen. You try playing all the parts by yourself. It's exhausting. I am good, thanks. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Um, what's what's funny about this is actually started out as a mixtape. He just kind of thought this would be a fun little project, and it turned into this. Uh, it's very cliche. It's wonderful. Uh, now, the first two songs may have taken years to finish. However, the locations of a few others are even stranger. Miranda wrote the King song, You'll Be Back on His Honeymoon. I'm so afraid of why on his honeymoon he thought of, You'll be back. <laughs> like, why? Why? That sounds almost like a threat of some kind. I just... <laughs> like, how romantic strolls and then a threatening king. Like, yes, of course, obviously. Obviously. I mean, he must have just... <laughs> I wonder if I was his wife, I'd be like, um, we're supposed to be having fun right now. Like, why aren't you... Like, like honey... <laughs> Like, why aren't you in the pool with me? Why aren't we, you know, like, going to nice dinners? No, you're you're writing your, your show. <laughs> um, so that was, that's interesting. Oh, and he wrote Wait For It, which is one of my favorites, with uh, Aaron Burr, his song, On the Subway. Which, for some reason, seems appropriate to me. It seems appropriate, but have you been on a New York subway? It's not exactly a place, an easy place to concentrate. No, no, I have not. 
Well, I have many times, and it is not a good place to concentrate on anything. <laughs> Especially if you don't get an actual seat, and you're holding on to one of the little poles in the center. I mean, this might just be applied to me because I'm very short, but it mostly consists of me banging around into other people, or my dad or my brother trying to brace me. <laughs> like, the last time I was there, my brother stood behind me and held the pole and put his arms kind of, like, around me so, like, I couldn't, like bang around as much oh no <laughs> it's fine i'm used to it <laughs> you poor thing oh uh, no. yeah. what <laughs> i just imagine like help <laughs> it is actually once you get used to it it's kind of fun it's kind of like a ride <laughs> like bumper cars Oh, now this is some of my favorite. I had I actually had looked this up because I had heard about this, but I didn't know the exact shows that were mentioned. So there are a few Easter egg nods to other Broadway shows in some of the songs. For instance, the line, I'm the model of a modern major general, which is in Right Hand Man and George Washington sings it, uh, is from Pirates of Panzance, which I've never seen I know it's supposed to be brilliant. I've just never watched it or listened to any of the music. Um, but it's my mom and my mom actually mentioned it first. We were watching it and she's like, Oh my God, that's from parts of Panzans. And at first I would just like, not everything is from other things. You're crazy. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oops. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, another one is I'm with you, but the situation is fraught. You've got to be carefully taught. If you talk, you're going to get shot, which is from My Shot, which is, I believe, the third song in the show. Yeah. Um, and that is from South Pacific. Again, never seen it, never listened to any of the music. Heard it's great. Uh, and the, the last one is Nobody Needs to Know, and that's from the last five years. And this this is sung in Say No to This with Mariah Reynolds, you know, the whole affair thing. That show I actually have listened to, and I do know that show. So I was actually kind of excited to read about that. My question is, why those ones in particular? Probably because he liked the way that they, that like, he liked the rhythm, and he liked, the, I think there was another thing about some of it was inspired by Les Mis, like how it was written. Mm -hmm. But, I mean. And I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> Especially since it has a turntable, which is a the, if those of you who are Broadway fans like me, you know what I'm talking about. In mm -hmm. every single production of Les Mis that you see, most of the time anyway, there is a turntable. Which really? is, for those of you who don't know, it's a thing in the center that spins while the rest of the stage doesn't. Mm -hmm. So it can mimic walking and running and stuff like that. And just look really cool. Yeah, this just looks really cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I think when you're a writer, you have, when you're a, um, a playwright you have to kind of take inspiration from some of the greats especially when you're brand new and you're starting out like Lin Manuel wasn't obviously brand new he had written into the height in the heights mm -hmm. I've actually never listened to that but I've heard it's wonderful mm -hmm. but I think when you're making something like Hamilton that's that's gonna be this I, I think he probably I know he keeps saying that he didn't know but I mean it's such an interesting show it's so different that I just I don't know how you how you couldn't realize how big of a thing this was gonna be I mean, he performed one of his songs for the Obamas in 2008. That's cool. He was 29 years old. That's cool. Like, what the... <laughs> like, seriously? Some people, man. It's annoying. 
when people are that talented. It's annoying. It's not fair. <laughs> Back me up here. It's like when somebody's like, oh, you know, that, that football player is only 24 years old. It's like, well, I'm 25, so <laughs> I'm happy for their success, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not bitter. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors while um, I decide what tangent I would like to go on for the rest of the show. (laughs) Okay. So, finishing up. First of all, welcome back from the break. Hi. (laughs) I'm all here, too. (laughs) Are you, though? I mean, I'm doing a bracelet, so kind of. <laughs> it almost looks like you're crocheting in the background. You're just kind of like. I, well, I ha- I have a cool tangent time. Ta-da-da-da! I have a cool back quarter, and I want to wrap it, but I don't like how I wrapped it, so I'm gonna rewrap it. You have a what? What? I have a quarter from 2020 that has two bats on the back, and it's really pretty. And I like bats because obviously, so. <laughs> I want to make a little holder thing for it. So I did like a little wrapping thing. Oh, cute. I like but that. But I don't like this one. So I'm going to do this one. And I, this one's just string right now. So I'm going to. Nobody can see talk about up. Hamilton. <laughs> no one can see what you're holding up but me. <laughs> I, YouTube bloopers. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, finishing up, as I said. Yes. Uh, some of the set facts and some characters as well. So the reasoning behind the iconic set, which um, I don't know how many of you know it, but it's, if you look at pictures online, it kind of looks like this, like, building that's just being built, that's just being set up. And what Miranda wanted it to look like was an unfinished, mid-construction-esque colonial-era building, which I think he succeeds at very much so. And I gotta say, if I ever saw it in person, I think I would just... I don't know what I would do, quite honestly. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Probably just a little bit. Um, I don't know how I'd wreck cry every time. You don't need to ask what you would do. To be fair, I did. um, Those of you who don't know, my second favorite musical is King and I, and I'd never seen it on the stage until like three years ago. Mm -hmm. Mom took me, and the second the overture started, I literally burst into tears. So that gives you a little insight into how I am at the theater, which is a complete nightmare. So I've seen that before too. The live action Beauty and the Beast, the ballroom scene. I started crying. I feel I mean it's either that or I was planning to break up with my boyfriend and I got sad. I couldn't tell you. But one of the two. Let's go with the Great. first one. <laughs> Great. So anyone who ends up who ends up with us, I'm praying for you. I don't even pray, so <laughs> I'm not a cry baby okay well oh, i am so just a warning like a cry toddler oh no i am an actual infant so okay prepare for swaddling um anyway so as we <laughs> grace lost it that like hey honey i'm gonna swaddle you Honestly, the other way around. Against that at all? What? You're not against that? I would never be being swaddled. That looks so comfortable. 
talk about your play. <laughs> talk, about your, talk about the thing. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so as we talked about the iconic, not really iconic, I guess, but the turntable in the center. Grace, are you going to be okay? <laughs> I'm going to puke. I'm sorry. I thought you just said I'm going to puke. I was like, what? <laughs> no, I'm going to be irritated. I'm trying not to throw you off. I'm sorry. Not working. Uh, so the turntable, stop looking at me. The turntable. Oh, God, this is a disaster. Oh, <laughs> um, the turntable, as I've now said three times, was supposed to represent the whirlwind of history that sweeps up Hamilton. Mm-hmm. This is according. Stop. This is <laughs> according to an article in the Post. So I don't. I want to cite my sources. Mm-hmm. I did not know that beforehand. Mm-hmm. And that is the exact quote from it as well. So mm-hmm. don't sue me. Uh, it's also very functional. Mm-hmm. You know, it shows. You know, in in um, say no to this. You know, he's walking by the uh, light lamp post, so he doesn't mm-hmm. have to. You know, do that weird thing where you're trying to pretend to walk <laughs> true it also just looks really darn cool <laughs> yes but if, i mean if any of you have seen lay miz you know how cool that thing looks so mm-hmm. and now my this is my favorite thing that i ever learned mm-hmm. so for those of you who know the show very well you know that there is technically a character called the bullet mm-hmm. and she is one of the most important characters in the play, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Please, tell us why. <laughs> so the actress who portrays her, or portrays it, I guess, the bullets, the inanimate object, um, Ariana DeBose, fun fact, she's going to be playing Anita in the live-action um, West Side Story, so look for that. And she, we, she is first seen as a spy who is discovered in the song You'll Be Back, which is the first song we see the king in. And she, which is also, by the way, sung by Jonathan Groff, who those of you who don't know who he is, he was Kristoff in Frozen. I'm lost in the what? Sorry. Oh, boy. <laughs> so Grace's boyfriend is in it. Yes. Mom, God, I wish. That would be great. <laughs> he's, you know that he's, that he's gay, right? You can have a gay best friend. I'm okay with No, that. no, you absolutely can. I love, I mean, I already do, so. <laughs> No, I'm just, you were, like, saying, I said your boyfriend, you're like, well, I wish, and I'm just, like, letting you know. Well, you know, a friend who is a boy could also be called a boyfriend. That's true. That's very true. No, I, lo- I love John. Ah. <laughs> uh, this is all going on YouTube bloopers, okay? Oh, God. I really should have put makeup on, shouldn't I? Hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, Jonathan Groff, the amazing Jonathan Groff, sings yes. as the king. Christoph. And, and Christoph. <laughs> he does an amazing performance in that song. I laugh every single time. And anyway, her the, the bullet, her neck gets snapped in that scene Gasp. by one of the guards. Gasp. Which I didn't know happened until I watched the because it's not really mentioned in the obviously in like the album. So I watched the show and I was like, oh, uh, okay, that happened. <laughs> um, Surprise. <laughs> so after this happened, through through the rest of the play, she's then essentially acts as death personified. Which is very interesting. Okay. My brother actually pointed this out to me, so I'm giving you credit, Jack. Good job, Jack. 
proof of this being when she shakes John Lawrence's hand. This is spoilers for people who haven't watched Hamilton. Do not listen to this because it's going to be a spoiler. All of this is spoilers. <laughs> All of it is spoilers, but this is a really big spoiler. So uh, when she shakes John Lawrence's hand um, in a scene and he ends up dying not long after. Uh, there's that whole scene where you know Hamilton receives a letter from the uh, his father saying that he that he died that John Lawrence's father, and so this continues on in a similar fashion with other characters that happen to die in the show. Uh, he she also flirts with Philip Hamilton right before his <gasps> duel. He flirted with him. <laughs> flirted him to death. He gets shot. <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> Uh, and then lastly, she, we, I didn't mention this to Grace, but she, you know, she's seen with Hamilton throughout a lot of the show as well. And he, as we all know, he ends up dying as well at the end. So what? he does just be quiet. <laughs> okay. Go back to my calling holder. <laughs> I thought he's corn holder. not that southern thank you oh god um so her part is really is very interesting and i encourage you guys to all look it up more in detail because it's a very interesting concept and god bravo lam Manuel. i mean what a you really don't realize this unless you've seen it a couple of times but i kind of like that that you get something different out of it every time you watch or listen to it i also personally love the idea of a character that is essentially walking foreshadowing yes I think that is the funniest, most brilliant Easter egg for rewatching ever. Because mm-hmm. you start picking up it, picking it up, and then you hear it's like, oh, and then you walk, look back, and it's like, oh, you did not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fixed it. It's like even watching a show where it's like, oh, I know that character's gonna do something bad, and like five mm-hmm. episodes, you're like, oh, I'm picking up now where we're seeing that development. So yeah. it is super interesting to watch her, and she's so good. Oh my god. She does a great job. She's so many different parts, and they're they're little parts, but she makes them a big part of it. So I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And then, sh- lastly, the part where Abby cries every time. There is a big gasp at the end that Eliza <gasps> Hamilton gives. Be quiet. <laughs> there is she's the last song, which I can't even listen to without just sobbing uncontrollably she the the last part of the show is she walks up to the very front of the stage and she, and uh philip Sue, the original eliza hamilton does this big gasp and for a long time people were like what is what is that gasp for mm-hmm. and a lot of people think it's because she's seeing hamilton again in heaven and others this is the one that i choose to believe in that my brother believes in as well is that so the last line is who lives, who dies, who tells your story. So a lot of us think that she's gasping and crying because she's seeing hers and Angelica's and Hamilton's story being told on the stage. So essentially breaking the fourth wall and kind of showing that she's so happy with how the world remembers her and her family. And I think that's such a great, because like as much as I love the love story between her and Hamilton, it's not really that great of a love story. If you think about it, he cheats on her with technically three different people because, so he and Angelica had a thing. They never did anything about it, but they wrote back and forth. 
It's emotional cheating. It's emotional cheating, exactly. And then he has sex with Mariah Reynolds for a very long time while she's on vacation with their children, which Mm -hmm. is lovely. And then later on, historians have said they have found letters between him and John Lawrence that are perceived as very romantic. I personally love this very much. Representation. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's it sucks for Eliza, and I feel very bad for her. <laughs> I'm gonna say, like, Eliza doesn't love that. Yeah, but I'm it's sure she doesn't ship it. <laughs> and well, that's why I choose to believe that it's not just her seeing Hamilton. Because yes, they did patch things up. They ended up after the death of their first of their firstborn son. You know, they did kind of come together, but. I, I like the idea of her seeing that her and her husband's and her sister's story is being told mm-hmm. because they went through so much. I mean, she, there's so much, first of all, Eliza is like my true hero. She did so much. She's the one who raised money for the Washington monument. She spoke out against slavery. She mm-hmm. established the first private orphanage in New York city. Mm-hmm. All of this is sung throughout the song. So I'm don't, I'm like, not, I will say I was, I was kind of tearing up at the ending with all of that. How can you not? <laughs> Are, would you be made of stone? Correct. <laughs> but Juice is my cousin. What do you want me to do? Oh, it. It's uh, there's no words to describe how important this musical is. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna get serious now, folks. Um, <laughs> there really is no end to the praise the show and the and its actors should receive and deserve. First of all, it is almost an entirely um, non-white cast. All of the main characters are not white. There are a couple of white chorus members, but it's a completely mixed race cast. And all the main characters are some form of African-American, Hispanic, Asian, you know, all over. And I love that representation. What is Hamilton's wife? What is she then? Um, Philippa Sue, I believe, is either Filipino or Asian? Huh. You want to say? Um, and, you white. know, Angelica's African-American, and I think Peggy yeah. is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all beautiful. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're all beautiful. They're all wonderful singers. They're all wonderful actors. There is a scene that, so the first time I ever watched this show, my brother and I found a bootleg of it. And we watched it in my room and we did it the way that you're supposed to. We started at eight o'clock and had an intermission. We were in my room inside, but we did it like we were actually seeing a show. And he had already, he's seen it on Broadway, but the original cast. So, you know, he's a show off. But so we watched it together in my room and he didn't tell me a lot of the aspects of the show because I didn't want to know. So we get to the scene with Philip, with Philip Hamilton's death. Mm-hmm. And it's already heartbreaking mm-hmm. in and of itself. But the second he dies, mm-hmm. Philippa Sue lets out this agonizing scream. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much I looked at Jack and was like, so I'm never going to be the same after watching this. Because that's how good she is. Is You believe that her son is actually gone. No, she- that was painful. Oh my God, so amazing. And I, I love Philippa Sue in case that wasn't, you know, made clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this show is, it's it's so important for mm-hmm. today's 
you know, new normal that we have. Mm-hmm. It shows love for different races. It shows love for America and what it should be. It, you know, it gives a lot of um, important, it, it gives a lot of important history that we should know and that we should go back to. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really, I'm a big history buff, but I was more into world history and things like that. So I didn't, this is going to sound really weird, but I didn't know like everything there is to know about our American history. Mm-hmm. But now I know people who have, watch this with their kids and their kids now know this history because of this show and a lot of the time if they did this in class they wouldn't remember any of this no but there are kids who can remember who you know what the reynolds pamphlet is what the federal federal federalist i can't speak oh my god what are you the federalist papers there we go hmm um, and who wrote them and how many essays were divided between the three men. You know, it's, it's very important to have that in a song form for people to be able to recognize it and, you know, remember it and be able to identify with it. You're that history teachers make everything into a song. <laughs> you know, to be fair, my friend is a history teacher and he used Les Mis when he was talking about the French Revolution. So, you know, there's a lot of shows like this. That is amazing. <laughs> shout out to jimmy um so i think that's my little rant i'm surprised i was able to keep it brief, but i did it i was trying to, trying to do it <laughs> i was like what is that music playing <laughs> oscar walking you off the stage music <laughs> i threatened it before you didn't think i was gonna do it i didn't know if you could find that have you ever been on YouTube? <laughs> I have, but I don't know. Is there anything you'd like to add? <laughs> um, sincerely, no, because it's been a very long time since I watched it. Um, it was a lot, especially going into it. I didn't know the detailed plot. I knew, like, yeah, it's about Hamilton, the problem, that old, you know. But, like, I thought it was really well done. I liked that the choreographer back you know the choreography was very simple but but it was strong the dancers in the background were all about the same i like the costumes that they did for the men and the women the for the dancers specifically mm-hmm. that stuck out to me more than the outfits of like the main cast to be honest oh interesting because it was kind of like a nice just neutral we're background people you know <laughs> It wasn't like they had full-on costumes. It wasn't like they had everybody had specific colors or the women were in skirts and the men were in coats and stuff like that. Like, it was period appropriate, Mm -hmm. but it's... Dancers don't always have the easiest costume. Yeah, that's true. And the fact that you need it to be simple and you need it to be essentially invisible because they're kind of just a moving background... Mm-hmm. to express the crowd and general take up space plus it was kind of the same group of what 10 people eight mm-hmm. people each time yeah i really really appreciated that i thought like that made such a yeah now all the gowns they wore and his coats and blah 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 yes those were stunning love them <laughs> but i think the dan whoever designed the dancers outfits need more credit <laughs> <laughs> because that could not have been an easy costume to think of no, it's it's really well done, and like you said, I like that they're not they're not divided by by sex, you know, by gender. 
and I love that the different members of the ensemble play different parts. Like, several of them have, like, four different parts. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, even if they don't have any lines. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them plays uh, the Skylar sister's dad when in um, Helpless when Hamilton's asking permission to marry Eliza. And he doesn't say anything, but he just, they put glasses on him, and that's it. And he's like, you're like, yeah, okay, that's his dad. And just- that's her dad, yeah. <laughs> and one guy plays... Um, Charles Lee, he does have some lines he sings, but you know, it, it just I love that they really use the the chorus to its full potential and not just use them just for background. Like they, like you said, they were a moving background, but they also had many other parts to play. Mm-hmm. And the dance dancing is just... people wise and budget wise because it's already beyond complicated mm-hmm. with the music, with the set, with the speed of it. All of that is insane. The mm-hmm. more people you bring in, the worse it's going to be. Usually you think like, oh, if we have everyone for every part. We don't have to worry about it. No. That means <laughs> five times as much coordination, which is already a pain in the butt. So if you yeah. have more people who are capable of more, use that to your advantage. And they you, For chorus members, you really need to get dancers who can sing, not singers who can dance. Yeah, because it's not always, it doesn't always go both ways. <laughs> yeah. But overall, I love this show. I've now watched it on Disney Plus, I think, three times? Okay. And that was in the span of, I think, two weeks. There's the number. I'm like, there's going to be a number that's going to be like, woof. <laughs> three is, okay, that's not too bad. In two weeks, oh, okay. There it is. And after that, I listened to the soundtrack every day for two weeks as well. There's the other one. I can do almost every... The only song I can't do that well is Guns and Ships, which is Lafayette's um, very, very big rap, very fast rap. I cannot do it. I will do that one for you. How about that? Please do it, because it's, it's amazing. I can do the first part of it, and then I know the words to it, but I can't get my mouth to move that fast. I'll do that part for you. I'll just intervene. I'll sing it. You'll move your lips. It'll be perfect. We'll do a singing in the rain number. Oh, God. And I also can't do the cabinet battle that easily. I don't know all the words to that one. But all the other songs, I can do Angelica's rap in Satisfy, which is a very big point of pride for me, so don't take that away from me. Um. <laughs> People to learn any rap is huge. It's Oh, it's so much fun to do. The second I learned it, I ran downstairs to my parents. I was like, listen to me do this. They're like, what's happening? Like, I just started. What are you making us do? This was before they listened to the music because they didn't want to listen to it until they saw some version of it. So I just made them listen to this. They had no idea what the context was. I was like, you just, I have to be five right now and tell you a cool thing I can do. So just sit there and just listen. (laughs) Clap when I say clap and we'll good. (laughs) Clap when I say clap. That's like a dictatorship. Like, you will clap. <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's all for this episode, which I'm surprised it didn't go over. I, I behaved myself somewhat. <laughs> I think, right? Oh, you get a cookie. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's show. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for updates and fun posts at magic to my ears with all the, the, the periods in between, lowercase m. And don't forget to also look at our YouTube channel, which is a new thing. 
it's called one video one video but we might be adding bloopers soon from this episode if we find anything worthy um and it's called tangents with bun and bat um and instead of the word and it's the little what is that thing called ampersand the Mm -hmm. yeah the the, the and sign on the keyboard Uh, (laughs) so we have that fifth seven (laughs) there you go great do you want to take us out grace Yes, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you have a super califragilistic expialidocious day. Bye. Bye. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Enjoy.